0: I don't know if you're ready for this. I'm taking you back 20 years ago, circa summer 19, just kidding, not 19, 2002. 20 years ago, 2002. But before every great summer starts, there's always an idea or a thought. There's always a winter and a spring and a sort of breaking down into breaking through so I'm going to walk you through over the next few weeks this really awesome part of my history but before we get there I want to share this audio message that I sent to my friend Jude I sent it directly with him in mind and I wanted to read to him this beautiful quote from Ocean Vuong and so here it is I thought you should hear it before we get any deeper into this episode Oh, hi. I just wanted to read you this short paragraph from On Earth, We're Briefly Gorgeous. Are you ready? This is from Ocean Vuong's book. I am just finishing it up. Listen to this. I am thinking of beauty again, how some things are hunted because we have deemed them beautiful. If, relative to the history of our planet, an individual life is so short, a blink of an eye, as they say, then to be gorgeous, even from the day you're born to the day you die, is to be gorgeous only briefly. Like right now, how the sun is coming on, low behind the elms. And I can't tell the difference between a sunset and a sunrise. The world, reddening, appears the same to me, and I lose track of east and west. The colors this morning have the frayed tint of something already leaving. I think of the time Trev and I sat on the tool shed roof, watching the sun sink. I wasn't so much surprised by its effect, how in a few crushed minutes it changes the way things are seen, including ourselves, but that it was never mine to see. Because the sunset, like survival, exists only on the verge of its own disappearing. To be gorgeous, you must first be seen. To be seen allows you to be hunted. Welcome to Viral Mindfulness, the podcast. I'm Uncle Blue, and I'm here to talk about summer circa 2002. Join me for the next few weeks sizzling summer memories. Hi, so sibling. Oh my gosh, we're gonna do it. So what is Auntie Blue, Uncle Blue? What's the gender non-conforming word for aunt or uncle? Do you know? So ankle, there's a lot of different ones, but <laughs> I like ankle. Because, you know, I was talking to a friend one time, and we were giggling about this idea of what if God were an ankle because like as a human your ankle is super important to your movement each day (laughs) so we're like what if we prayed to the divine ankle like what if that was our higher power i thought it was really funny so i'm divine ankle blue and i'm here to tell you about summer so let me take you back a little bit to 2002 and i hope you enjoyed that beautiful quote i hope you could hear it all right it was an audio recording from my text messages that book is so amazing by Ocean Vuong. He is such a great writer. And so taking you back to 2002, Winter and Spring, I think the idea from Ocean Vuong's beautiful words about beauty and looking for beauty, I was inspired to contemplate the beauty that I put around me or that I f- can focus on that beauty in nature, beauty in art, even teaching myself, training myself to see the beautiful in the people and my relationships or work, it's very easy for me to fall into a negative bias, that negativity bias that seems to be built into our biology. So what if beauty, looking for beauty, became something of your interest? so in 2002 i was in salt lake city utah i was in my second semester of graduate school of social work at the university of utah in the winter of 2002 it was the salt lake city winter olympics which was such an unbelievable experience i was waiting tables at this steakhouse in downtown salt lake city called spencer's and had so many cool people Such great things happening those five weeks. We made a lot of money and we served a lot of famous people. Celebrities, news, journalism, athletes. My big claim to experiences was with Michelle Kwan and friends. And I actually introduced Ross Matthews to Michelle Kwan. It was such an interesting story. At the time, Ross Matthews was working for the Jay Leno show doing something very part-time and I created this moment where I introduced Ross to Michelle Kwan and their friends in a private dining room. So in that winter a few things happened for me. I was in my second semester of graduate school. I was beginning to crack open in regards to religion, psychology, my own psyche. I was really fed up with Mormon religious leaders, bishops. I had worked with bishops for years trying to help them understand my issues according to my own interest in trying to be straight and staying in the church and believing in this doctrine. So I take responsibility. However, these interactions with these men, these church priesthood leaders, they were just insane sometimes. Bless their hearts. So I was really longing for something different, and I was learning so much about my own blind spots being a student, a graduate student, and especially in the culture of the program at the University of Utah because it had a very good mix of active Mormons and non-Mormons and just a really broad spectrum of students who were part of my class. Another interesting factoid, I had tried drugs for the first time. Marijuana. I'll never forget the first time I smoked cannabis. I was in the avenues right above Salt Lakes, Main Street, State Street, and I was with friends. And the minute I got super stoned, it wasn't my very first, it was maybe my second or third because it took me a couple times to figure out how to inhale correctly. And oh man, I was so stoned and I remember crawling around in my underwear showing off my abs and my recent, you know, accomplishments in my weight training program or whatever. It was not uncommon for me to be running around in my underwear at all. (laughs) I mean, I don't do that now, but oh boy. Anyway, fun, fun, fun. And I just remember crawling on the floor between the kitchen and the living room and just being so enamored with the mind-altering experience at hand. And then the second was trying e-pills, ecstasy, for the first time. It was so much fun. It was actually at the Olympics. It was at one of the evening nighttime metal plaza concerts. Smash Mouth was playing. And we dropped ecstasy. And I mean, I... (laughs) What a fun time. Regardless to say, I was very interested in having something different in my life. And I had a great person at the School of Social Work who took interest in me and made recommendations. I went to a presentation about early spring about international social work programs for the summer and found out that it was an option for me to do my practicum or my internship. You're required to do so many hours as a master's of social work student. And I heard the word. (laughs) The seed was planted. And I guess I followed up and just went and met with Daphne Marimaldi. What a gorgeous human and woman and friend. And she was so helpful in helping me understand. So let me tell you that all I could see was limitations or roadblocks. So at first I was very interested. And then after I met with her and we talked about how to pay for it, how much it would cost, different scholarships that were available, several of them that required me to do more work on top of working three quarters time, doing full coursework, trying to be a human. And I just couldn't wrap my head around it. However, Daphne shared a little bit about herself. She was newly married to Peter Marimaldi, who was on faculty in the School of Social Work, Daphne had just moved from the East Coast to Utah to work and was so passionate about international work as a student and had had experiences herself. She just encouraged me to try and she kept following up with me. So here is that ding, 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 that beautiful idea that there are going to be people who show up and give you great ideas that are totally unfamiliar that are gonna cause you all kinds of uh, dis-ease, I could not wrap my head around my job for the summer, the cost, going on my own to somewhere. And so when those people show up and when they meet your fertile soil or that ground that is open to possibility and potentiality, my vote is if it's travel, if it's going international for the first time. And interesting enough, I was just doing some work this weekend on my new website and I'm working on the testimonial section and found some old testimonials. And one of my testimonials is from a woman that I did one-on-one therapy with many years ago. And in that process, she eventually wrote me a testimonial about our work together. And lo and behold, she said that I helped encourage her in therapy to go international for the first time to go to Europe to make it happen and it was so awesome to be looking back all these years so spoiler alert I do go international for the summer of 2002 but I'm not going to tell you where or the details yet because I'm going to talk about it in the next episode But it did happen and there's all kinds of roadblocks along the way and so this sweet woman and client affirmed this many years later how I was gifted by Daphne Marimaldi the idea to go international. I did it. It changed my life and I gifted that same message, that same invitation to someone else and it changed her life. She said it changed her as a person to take that trip. So are you thinking about doing a trip? Are you thinking about traveling? I love traveling and that definitely is when, oops, I just hit the mic because I'm pulling out this book to read you a quote. Uh, It definitely was where I was bit by the bug in the summer of 2002 and I can't wait to tell you all about it over the next few weeks. So here is the quote I wanna read to you about travel. This is Miriam Beard. Uh, And her quote is, travel is more than the seeing of sights. It is a change that goes on deep and permanent in the ideas of living. Summer 2002 was pivotal for a shift for me. It was so incredible. And so Daphne set up my next meeting and we were to talk about how was I going to fund and which internships were available, and applying to them, and doing all of the legwork, and she just pretty much told me, this will change your life, and I felt it, and I'm so grateful, I followed through, so come back next week, and I'm going to tell you all about the next step, And um, I hope you have a really great week. And um, if you are not an email subscriber, I'm doing something new with my email list. I just finished writing the email for this week. So if you wanna be um, on my email list, I send love letters of mindfulness. (laughs) That's right, and sometimes I send music notes too. But they're beautiful, I've been doing them for years and I'm going to be very regular moving forward. So you can go to viralmindfulness.com forward slash subscribe and drop your email address and I'll put you on the list. But I'm doing a my very first, I love my email subscribers lottery. I love office supplies and I love um, pens and paper and journals and pencils and stickers and notebooks and shit. <laughs> And I figured there's a lot of other people who like this stuff, too. And I find lots of cool things. So I'm going to start doing an email subscriber lottery. And all it is is I'll send out an email every so often. I will have a magic question or ask for people to write a haiku or to share their favorite memory of watermelon in short form or write the first amazing song title of my next whatever and you just hit reply to the email and you send it back to me and then I will randomly choose the winner and this week it's a really cool sold out blackwing notebook blackwing is a pencil company I love them so much anyway you can find out all about this if you subscribe to viral mindfulness mondays it's my email list love letters of mindfulness from my heart to your inbox. I'll see you next week on the podcast.